just just pray and ask God to speak to your heart. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to send a word. Lord, send your word to me in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, where the word of the king is, there is power. Just ask the Lord, let your word come and dominate my life tonight as you send your word. We give you all the praise, Father. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all you keep doing for us. We are grateful that our eyes have seen this month. It has been by your grace. It has been by your mercies. We thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God because you have brought us this far and you will take us further. I thank you, Lord, that this evening you have made it possible for me to share your word. I pray that the hearts of them that will hear this word shall be good, shall be fertile, shall receive your word and shall see your word come to pass in their lives. I pray that you give me utterance in the name of Jesus. Lord, anoint me afresh and cause me to speak your mind in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and give the Lord some praise and please take your seat. Oh, please clap your hands unto Jesus. You can do better. Hallelujah. Please clap your hands one more time unto Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It is a joy to be here this evening. And I want to thank our pastor for making this very, very possible. I want us to please clap our hands and appreciate our pastor for giving me this opportunity to share the word of God. Please clap your hands better and let's appreciate him for the grace of God upon his life and for giving us this great opportunity. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, this evening, I want to share something very short on the theme living to please God. Say living to please God. Or say living to please God. How many of us believe that it is possible to please God? It is possible to live a life that will please God. You see, when you see the word to please, which means that to make happy, to make someone happy. So if you want to please your parents, you are doing things to make them happy. Okay, so there are things that you can do to make someone happy and there are things that you can do to make someone unhappy. So this evening... I'll share this word on living to please God, which means that living a life that will make God happy. Say living a life that will make God happy. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Wow. Please, I'll, I'll need a screen. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Please help me with the screen. I want to read from Bible. Okay. Wherefore, seeing we also are, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. Say every weight. Say every weight. He says that let us lay aside every weight and the sin which that so easily beset us. And let us run with with patience the race that is set before us. I want to take it again. He said, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed, we are 
all compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There is a race, there is a kind of life that God has set right in front of you and I. And the only way to run this race is to lay aside number one. You might want to ask yourself, why should I live a life that will please God? There was a time where there was a king who just came and called for a party. And he asked one little girl to come and dance for him. And the Bible says that, and the little girl danced. And it made the king happy. And when the king became happy, at that point, the king told the girl that, ask me of anything. At the point where even God will not wait for us to ask him for anything in prayer, is when we are living a life that pleases him. The little girl did not have to go to the king to pray or to ask him to give her something. Something that she has so longed for. Something that she has so, so, okay, wished for in life. There was no need for her to ask for the king. But the only thing she had to do was to dance and to make the king happy. Maybe what we have been asking God for has not yet been done because our life is not pleasing him. The moment the girl pleased the king and the king says, ask me of anything, even to half of my kingdom. It is in pleasing God that we will see the mighty acts of God. See the mighty acts of God. See the mighty acts of God. Let's read the book of, of uh, Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. Very soon I will show you how to please God. Matthew 3 verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God looked from heaven and looked at Jesus on earth. Jesus was not in heaven. So you will say, okay, Jesus was not in, uh, in flesh. You know, he wasn't in a, like in a fleshly form. So that's why God could look at him and say that this is my beloved son. Jesus was on earth and he was being baptized. And a word came from heaven and says that this one, he lives a life that pleases me. Which means that it is possible for a man to live a life that will please God. No matter what is being said or no matter what is being done in and around our life, there is a way a man can live a life that will please God. God looked at Jesus and said that this one, it is only a beloved son that will please the father. So if you are not pleasing God, then you are not in the scope of you being a beloved child. And God will do things for them that are his beloved. There are some things that God will do for all men. But there are some things that are preserved for them that are his beloved. Say his beloved. Or say his beloved. 
So God looked at Jesus and says that this man is my son. And because he's my son, he will please me in all that he does. We call ourselves sons of God and children of God. But the proof is that, are we pleasing God? If your life is not pleasing God, or just to say, if your life is not making God happy, then you are not living a life as a child of God. Because it is only children of God that will please God. And let's look at how we can please God. 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 We have known that it is possible for a man to please God. Now, how can we please God? Number one, we must always be spiritually minded in our daily routine. Be spiritually minded in your daily routine. Let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Please, I'll come back to this text. And please go to the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 6. Let's look at the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 6. Let's look at something very interesting there. On having your mind spiritually set throughout the day. He said that for to be carnally minded is death. Which means that if you have a mindset that is not spiritual or that is not set on the things of God, you would live a life of death. Which means that there will be no importance and relevance attached to your life. And he says that but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He says that if you keep your mind on sane things, on pure things, you are living a life that will, birth, that will, will be birthed out of, of his life and peace. So many people are not experiencing God's life because their mind has not been set on spiritual things. I want to show you something from the book of of uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. What does it mean to have a spiritual mind? So, you see, when you go to, I mean, you go to a prayer meeting and, okay, a pastor says that be in the spirit and walk from, we'll do our face. We feel that being in the spirit is to frown your face or you feel that there are angels around you. Alright, please let me see my hand, those who have done that before. Say, okay, God is here, be in the spirit, then and some of them will, will shake their legs and just to feel spiritual. But let's look at what to have your mind spiritual means. So to be in the spirit, let's look at what God is saying. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, number one. Whatsoever things are honest, number two. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, number five. Whatsoever things are are lovely if we say have a spiritual mindset 
these things must be on your mind. And we are looking at how to keep your mind sane throughout the day on a routine base. Number six, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So the man or the woman that sets his mind on these things, the Bible calls him a spiritually minded person. What is your mind on? Sometimes you can just go through the day and I can bet you that some of us, we spend so much time on social media than even pondering on God and the things of God. The more you think of social media, the more you become carnal because it does not match the things of God. They are contrary to each other, as Paul says, that the flesh and the spirit, they don't meet, they don't agree. So if you are somebody who spends so much time on social media, you are not being spiritually minded. And if you are not being spiritually minded, you cannot please God because God is spirit and they that worship him, they that want to please him, must please him in truth and in spirit. You are struggling to live a life that will please God all because your mind is not stayed on the things of God. It's like somebody who is dating or who is married and your mind is not on your beloved, your mind is not on your wife or your spouse. You cannot live a life that will love the person. Many of us are struggling to love God. It's not because you are not, not uh, trying. No, but you have engaged your mind in things that don't excite God. Social media doesn't excite God. Things that would take your attention from God does not excite God. God is so jealous. He doesn't share his time. So those that will give God his mind their mind. God will show his intentions to do. Please clap your hands unto Jesus. And Daniel said that there is a God in heaven that revealed mysteries. The secrets of God, according to what um, the man David said, they said that the secrets of God are with them that fear and love him. You want to know what is on the mind of God. You, you see, we want to know what God has planned for us. But our mind is not stayed on him. If I should do a count that how many of us have thought about God, have thought about the church, have thought about your role in church, have thought about something that will push the course of the church forward throughout the day, you will see the hands that will be up. But if I should say that what is the latest buzz, the latest news running on social media, I think I, I, saw, I saw one today. <laughs> Me too, I saw one today. <laughs> Let me see by hands those who saw one today. You saw something. Uh, if you are lying, you can't please God. He says that let your mind be on these things. It is one of the sure ways to live a spiritual life. So it is not about how you raise your shoulders. It's not about how you even talk to people. It's not about how you even dress. But when your mind is set on the things of God, it will reflect on the outward. If God is working on your heart by his word, it will show outside. It will show outside. Why? Because the Bible says that let your light so shine before men, but until your mind is exposed to the light of the word of God, it won't shine. You are struggling to please God because your mind is not fixed on spiritual things. 
your mind must be fixed on things that excite God. On things that make God happy. You wake up, just let your mind be on things that excite God. Like soul winning. Like spending time with God. Like reading the word of God. Like being kind to people by showing love. Think of how to show love. Think of how to to come to church and do something for God. Just think of something. Just think of how to excite God. When you do something for your parents, you excite them. When you you just watch their, their, their things, you just praise their things, you excite them. And whenever the king is excited, his blessings are at your disposal. I pray that God will help us to be to, to excite God. I pray that God will help us to please God in our ways. I didn't hear an amen. There are believers who are spiritually minded, and there are some who are carnally minded. I pray that God will make you a spiritually minded person. I didn't hear your loudest amen. To live a life that will please God, you must have many spiritual disciplines. Say spiritual disciplines. Say spiritual disciplines. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14 verse 23. Matthew 14 verse 23. Okay, and when he had sent the multitudes away, please watch this, please let's take all. Watch this. And when he has sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. There are some things that you must cultivate if you want to please God. It's called spiritual disciplines. If you want to do well in school, if you want to do well in your books, you make time for your books. If you want to look good, you make time for your clothes. If you want to please God, you make time for God. And one of the ways to make time for God is to excuse yourself and to make time for God in prayer. Jesus, you see, these are some of the things that God saw in Jesus. That he he said that this man in whom I am well pleased. He's a man that could wake up at dawn, wake up very early. And pray. Wake up very early and spend time in prayer. And the Bible said that, and this was when he had spent time with the multitudes. And after they had left, he could have said, in fact, Charlie, I am also tired. I have spent time doing God's work. But you see, you can be busy doing God's work and be far from God himself. Some of... So, okay, let's say... Let's say you work with uh, this, this big time uh, companies. Let's say, uh, please give me any company. Let's say uh, Vodafone. Okay, you work at one of their branches. It is possible that you might be the staff of the month award. Okay, that month at your branch. And the CEO of Vodafone might not have even heard your name before. So Jesus knew that it was good to spend time doing things for God. But he learned a spiritual discipline which is to, okay, to make time and to fellowship with God. You make time. You will say that, oh, I don't have time to pray in the morning. I don't have time to, to read the word of God. But you have time to eat. If you have time to eat, which means that you make time to eat. 
We all don't have time, but we make time for things that are important and are relevant. If God is relevant in your life, you will make time for him. Whatever is of importance to you, you make time for that person. You make time for the person you love, so you must make time to spend time with God. You must set a time in the day. It is called a spiritual discipline. Every disciple of God has a spiritual discipline. What are one or what are your spiritual disciplines? They said that, that, that uh, Muslims pray five times a day and Jews pray three times a day. These are spiritual disciplines. If you want to please God, learn how to wake up and just spend time reading as, as they keep saying in this house, as, as they keep saying in, in this house, be a word addict, be a prayer addict, make time to pray. You can't please God if you don't make time for God. You can clap your hands onto Jesus. You can't please God. You can't please God. Mark 1 verse 35. And I'll end on this aspect. Mark 1 verse 35. Spiritual discipline. One of the spiritual disciplines is being consistent with your tithing. A very spiritual discipline. Please note that every disciple involves himself or herself in spiritual disciplines. The reason why none of us can walk in the level of authority pastor is working in. Not because he is so special, but because of the level of spiritual discipline he engages himself in. If somebody gives himself so much to the word of God and prayer, and you go through the month, not even reading one verse, you don't expect to, to hear God like you will hear God. You don't expect to see things that God wants you to see like that man will see. It is called spiritual discipline. If you want to please God, you must have these things in your life spiritual disciplines. What are you doing that will boost up your spiritual life? Consistently. It's not just about waking up and saying that, okay, today I want to read God's word. Okay, today, dear, I want to read God's word. And you open, giddy, 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 six uh, chapters. Monday to Monday, nothing has been opened. Consistency. Consistency will break every resistance. Whatever is a hindrance in front of you. Once you are consistent at it, you will see that one day, one day, that portion will come down. Let's just read the, the text and I'll move to the next one. And in the morning, rising up a great while. See, rising up a great while before day. So we will say that a day will start from, let's say, 6. Oh, all right. Okay, 6 a.m. So, okay, okay. We'll start our day from 6. But one of the things that Jesus consistently did in flesh was that a great while before day he went out and departed into a solitary place and an alone time and there he prayed. Prayer must be one of the acts you must involve in. You must engage yourself in if you want to please God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at the next thing. The next thing to do to please God is to be content with whatever God gives you. Be content. Say be content. Say be content. 
I would, I would just uh, share a very interesting story here. But let's just read first. First, um, um, okay, let me see. First um, Timothy 6, verse 6. First Timothy 6, verse 6. First Timothy 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Say, godliness with contentment is great gain. It's not just a gain, no. it's great gain. So you can be godly and you can be content and you gain more than somebody who is not godly and has so much but you have gained more than the person. To be content means to appreciate what God has given you even when you have needs. Many of us will lose sight of what God has done so much that we fail to thank God and to be appreciative to him. Why? Because what we have asked him for, we think has not been done. There are some blessings we have received. Hmm? There are some blessings we have received that I can tell you that we didn't pray for. Last year, in fact, let me just share this. Last year, uh, covenant day of sacrifice, I asked God for three things. A year later, he has done four things. Oh, I thought you clapped onto Jesus. The proof that God has done more than you have asked him is in the text that says that for he is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above what you can. You see, you were praying for a job, but you didn't believe that God will cause you to receive a kind of salary. It just shook you. You were trusting God and you were put in a place. You were put in, in some very special place, some seats, some nice, nice table, nice setup. And you go for a lunch. You go for nice meals with, with big men. <laughs> Say with big men. With people that did not even cross your mind. There are things that you ask God for. I don't want to share this. I mean, it, it sounds so funny, but praying like me I got uh, I got admission to um, the school and because of the funds I went in for a diploma in telecom engineering and when I received the letter of admission they had given me degree in telecom engineering me I said I want to do diploma <laughs> you are giving me degree that's my story. So if you are greedy, you lose sight of what God has done for you even when you didn't ask of. Being greedy will cause you not to please God. He's saying that godliness and contentment is great gain. You will gain so much peace. Even if you won't gain things in physical terms, the peace of God is so much that when it comes to a man, it causes him to feel that he has everything, even when he has needs. It's called the peace of God. And Paul says that this peace that surpasses human understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you are greedy, you cannot appreciate God. If you can't appreciate God, you can't make room for God to do more things like what a pastor shared on Sunday. If you appreciate God, you give God room to do more things. Say room. 
say room. Oh, say room. Make room by appreciating God for what he has done. A greedy man does not please God. Let's look up at the book of uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse, verse 11. I want to read something very interesting. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. Please look at this. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Whatever you have, you must learn to receive it with thanksgiving, knowing that it is God that gives all good gifts. Whatever has not yet come into your life is yet to come into your life. So there's no need to live a life of discontentment. He's saying that I have learned, some of us, we must learn how to be content. Whatever state in which you are, I have learned something, whatever state in which you are is somebody's prayer request. You might feel that, okay, you are trusting God for a job because you have a certificate. Somebody is trusting God to go to school to have a certificate. You are trusting God to marry. Somebody is trusting God to have a good beloved. <laughs> you are trusting God to have children. Somebody has been waiting on God for 15 years for a wife, for a husband. If you follow the things that you need, you will not appreciate the things that God has freely given unto you. Oh, you can clap unto Jesus. There, you see, and Jesus, you see, this is the word that keeps me cool daily. It keeps me very calm every day. He says that sufficient in its day are the troubles thereof. There are enough troubles for even Wednesday. There's no need to carry the burdens of Tuesday into Wednesday. Else it will outweigh you. The, the, the plan of the enemy is to wear you out. It's to cause you to faint. What does it mean to faint? It's to lose consciousness of what is going on around you. If you focus on what the devil is putting on you, you will faint. And when you faint, you won't see what God is doing. Elijah just had to see the cloud like a fist of a man. Just keep awake. Just keep your eyes open. And see the little things that God has done. You have enough faith to know that the, the flood is coming. The rain is coming. But if you fail to see that little thing, you miss the flood. If Elijah had failed to be content with that little fist, you'd be sure that he'll keep praying and he'll miss the move of God. But when he saw that if God can do this little thing, I know that he's faithful. I pray that God will be faithful in your life. I pray that God will be faithful in your life. A greedy heart kills faster than DDT. You wait. <laughs> Let me just read the next verse 12. <laughs> I'm not jump. Verse 12. Verse 12. Verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. How can you manage 50 Ghana CD in a week? If they give you 50 Ghana CD, that, that that's all you must run with in the week. The little things. 
when entrusted in the hands of faith, can do many things. He said that I have learned to live up. I have learned to live down. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer. If you are suffering, as pastor keeps saying, it is not bad. It is to teach you endurance. It's to make your faith firm in God. And Paul says that I have learned to abound and I've learned to suffer. Suffering is not the only sign that the devil is winning. It's a proof that God is about to do something. And the same God that will cause you to go through this will cause you to receive that which he has for you. I thought you were clapping onto Jesus. Okay, so I said I'll share a story. I'm sure, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure we have all seen this, uh, this uh, scene on let's say Facebook or I mean, I think I saw it like a year ago when a banker, all right, a banker I think he was so uh, so weak or so uh, I say stressed out then he saw he saw this black uh, uh, sheet, okay, on the decks then I think he, he just uh, picked his, his bin I think paper, okay, and he, he just, uh, okay, he sent it forth. Um, he threw it. And when the, the paper hit the black sheet, it went into the, um, okay, the table. I mean, it went through the sheet. So he was shocked. It's like, I've put, I've put this thing on the pulpit. Then I drop the pen. Then the pen goes through the book and goes through the pulpit. And that's what happened. So he just came and picked the black sheet and checked and he put his hand through. And his hand went through the sheet and at the back. But he couldn't see his hand at the back. So he wanted to see what this sheet can do, that, that same paper can do. So he picked the paper and pasted it on the fridge in the office. You know, the fridge that had the, the drinks. <laughs> so this guy put the sheet on the fridge. And he put his hand through it and reached out to the drink and picked it out. I think, no, it was this, uh, this uh, uh, stickers, you know, that, that no, uh, I think uh, sneakers. Is this, is this uh, sneakers? This, this bar, uh, bar uh, that's that too. <laughs> what you have eaten. So, so that one. So he just picked one and he saw that this thing can work, it can work magic. Then suddenly his face, his face changed. You see, and when you are just about to do something bad, you will know. He suddenly he had a bad intention to go to where they keep the money, the vote. And he picked, he picked the sheet. Please watch it. He picked the sheet and he put it on the vote. And he put his hand through it. And reached out to, I think, five bundles of hundred uh, uh, bills. Hundred dollar bills. Five bundles. And it was too good for him. It was too real for him. And he reached out. He brought out more. And this guy was so greedy that he wanted to know how, how much was inside. And he entered the thing. Now when he entered, the paper fell off. 
the vote. <laughs> so he was stuck inside. And nobody knew that he was inside. Please let me see my hands, those who have seen the video. Okay, good. You've seen it right. Greed. You poor man, you've seen five bundles. And he went further. See, greed can cause you to enter your early death. You can't please God if you are a greedy man. You can't please God. So the man was stuck in. Whoever will go and help him, that was up to him. But greed, greed can kill. Let's look at the book of of, um, Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. The book of Genesis 3 verse 6. It speaks of when the devil came to tempt. Uh So it says that, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was it was uh, pleasant to the eyes. Okay? It was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he also did it. The food was good for the eyes, but it was deadly for their spirit. There are some things that you are just uh, praying for, you are asking God for. It might be good to your eyes, but when it comes at the point where you are, it can break you. Greed can take you far from the presence of God. Greed can take you far from the presence of God. Let's look at the book of Numbers chapter number 11, verse 4 to 5. <clears throat> Numbers 11, from verse 4 to 5. He said that, and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lasting and the children of Israel also wept again and said who shall give us flesh to eat verse 5 we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlics these were the things that they got from Egypt but they failed to know that God has brought them out of one place to a to one place. They failed to know that God was leading them to the promised land. If you are greedy, you will always go back to what you think you had better than what you have now. Greed can cause you to, to lose sight of, of where God is taking you to as a person, as a Christian and as a believer. Greed. Greed. They wanted so much that they failed to know that where God has picked them from is worse off than where he is taking them to. You left the world, leave its appetite and develop new godly appetite if your life will please God. You left the world. The world has its appetite. You see, and when I was going through these notes, something came to me from what, um, I think, from the book of Matthew, when uh, uh, it says that is it that uh, okay uh, blessed are those that do hunger and test after righteousness for they shall be filled it is only those who have the appetite for God and the things of God that will enjoy satisfaction in life you cannot be satisfied in life 
He said that blessed are they we do hunger and thirst, not after money, not after a good job, not after a good car, not after a good marriage, not after children, but after righteousness. Your appetite must, must be unto righteousness. Then God will make you satisfied with the things others are longing for. He says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things shall be added. There are some things that you are chasing after that will not be added until your appetite is moved towards the things of God. You can clap. If you don't have the appetite for Banku, you will not go and look for Banku or for Wache early Saturday morning. Someone says that Wache is for Saturday and Emutu is for Sunday. But I say beans is for all day. <laughs> if you don't have an appetite for something, you will not go for it. It means that if you are not longing for God, if you are not longing to please God, then you just check your appetite. Check your appetite. If you are not longing to please God in your life, check your appetite. Say, check your appetite. Oh, check your appetite. He said that blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. The third one. The third one. I'll, I'll just be fast. The third one. If you want to please God, with your life, we must walk or you must walk always aiming to pursue excellence or yearn to pursue excellence. And in this context, it means yearn to be pure, yearn to live a holy life. It is only those that are holy that can walk with the Holy God. It is only those that walk in purity that will please a pure God. If you want to please God with your life, you must walk in excellence. You must walk in purity and you must walk in holiness. We must daily aim at holiness and perfection. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 21 verse 6. Leviticus 21 verse 6. Please take note of all the texts, of all the scriptures. They shall be holy unto their God. Say their God. Or say their God. And not profane the name of their God. For the offerings of the Lord made by fire and the bread of their God they do offer. Therefore, they shall be holy. They shall be holy unto their God. It is our responsibility to live a holy life unto God. You can't please a holy God if you are not walking in holiness. You can't please a spirit if you are not walking in spirit. Like how he says that it is those that will worship him in spirit and in truth because God is spirit. So to please a holy God, you must walk in holiness. To please a pure God, you must walk in purity. Not in purity, in purity. <laughs> you must walk daily being pure. Pure in mind, pure in heart. And you see, and as I was going through this, one test came to mind. It says that 
Let the words of my mouth and the word meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. One word that 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 uh, signifies to please God is to do things that that God will accept. All right, to bring an offering, not just in, in, in terms of cash, but your life. Your life must be acceptable. He says that, but but okay. Okay, in the great house, there are many vessels. Some of gold, some of silver, some of, of clay and wood. And some unto Anna, and some unto Anna. But as many as purges themselves from these, they shall be vessels unto Anna, fit and, and good to the master's use. Your life must be pleasing unto God in purity and in holiness. You can't live any other life if you want to please God. You must desire. I have realized that the same God that shows mercy is the same God that gives grace to escape sin. The same God. It depends on how you want him. So if you are enjoying the mercy of God, you must know that the kind of life that will please God is not a life that receives mercy. It's a life that accepts the grace of God to overcome sin. I thought you would clap onto Jesus. And God says that there is no temptation that he would allow. <laughs> this is a very interesting text. Watch this. Whatever sin you are falling to, you are greater than it. But you, you yielded to that sin. Because God is faithful. He says that he will not allow any temptation that we can't handle to come before us. Which means that what you are going through, if somebody else goes through it, he might collapse. He might faint. But grace keeps you through it. So when you come face to face with sin, know that sin will desire to have you. But as God said, you must gain mastery over it. It is them that will please God that gains mastery over sin. Let me show you one way that you can check that you are pleasing God. It's when you stop asking God for forgiveness over the same sins that break you. So we are going to cross over. <laughs> and I know that many of us are <laughs> going to confess sins. We'll confess sins. But if the list of sins... <laughs> oh no, that one is constant. Very constant. Even that day, even that day, you must confess some sins you did. Last day of 2019, like, every sin I've been committed today, I must commit it. So if you check your list, your prayer list, all right, okay, and you see that this same sin, you see, whatever you will yield to, will be your master. You can either yield to sin or to the grace of God. You can yield to the grace of God. The same grace that, that saw a man called Jesus in flesh. And the Bible says that there was no sin in him. That frightens me. It makes me know that it is possible to enjoy grace to run away from sin. If you are able to overcome that sin in a day, it means that 
the same grace can see you through in that week. As far as you can yield to that grace. Then you move to the next step. If you can overcome that sin in a week, the same grace, that same grace, can see you through in the month. Because every month is made up of weeks. And if you have been able to overcome that sin in that month, that same grace can see you throughout the year. I pray that that grace will see us through. I said, I pray that that grace will see us through. No sin will overcome us again in the name of Jesus. God expects us to live in purity and in holiness. He desires that his men, the moment Jesus took upon himself the sins of men, the Bible said that, and God turned his face. How many times have God turned his face from us? <laughs> How many times? Jesus was once. And that was because of our sins. But we are, we, it is our sins. We know our sins. How many times? You, okay, just ask yourself. The moment he took the sins of the world upon himself, and the Bible says that, and he cried out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? There are some things we are going to it's not because God is unfaithful. We have allowed God to forsake us because of our sins. Jesus. God forsook Jesus on the cross. Not because he, God, was wicked, but because he took upon himself the sins of men. He knew that at that point, his son wasn't pleasing him. The same son that he said, in him I am well pleased. At that moment, because the sins of men were upon him, he turned his, his face. God would turn his face towards you or away from you based on the kind of life you are living, either in sin or in holiness. I pray that God will strengthen everyone here. I said, I pray that God will strengthen us. Hallelujah. Let's look at our last text, the book of of. Um, Genesis 17 1 to 2 I wrote here that I mean, from the notes it says that a profane man lacks respect for God men that are ungodly men that are not working in righteousness men that are not living a holy life they lack respect for God for the church, for pastors, for godly people, and for holy things. For holy things. Remember the text that we read first. I think the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 30. Please, please, please shoot that. Uh-huh. Let us hear, see, this is my, my sweetest text. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The whole matter. Throughout our life, Whatever we achieve, the end of it is this. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the complete duty. This is the job prescription of men. This one. This one. Fear God and keep his commandments. Men that will please God are men that fear him. Are men that have respect for the things of God. Are men that have respect for pastors. 
you lack respect for your pastor, you don't fear God and you don't please God. When you fail to fear God, you fail to please God. The, the whole matter is that we must fear God and keep his commandments. Now back to the scripture. Genesis 17 from verse 1. And when, and when Abraham was, was um, 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. We have been praying for the blessings of Abraham before God granted him that mandate. Hmm? This was, was, was God, what God told him. That I am the Lord that can make you a blessing and I can make your name a key into the blessings. So he says that all those that will be born and would receive him as his Lord and personal Savior, who is Jesus, would assess blessings that were mandated unto such a man called Abraham, the father of many nations. But first, God told him that, I am the Lord your God. Walk before me. This is what God is telling us this evening. If for any reasons you go out to work and to school and you hear people saying that it is impossible to live a a pure life. We hear it from our own pastor every now and then that if Jesus did it, it is possible that we can live in holiness. He says that walk before me and be thou perfect. Be thou blameless. Why? Because it will take you to please me for me to please you. God must see us pleasing him first for us to assess the pleasures of God. It is only those that will please God that will have access to the pleasures of God. God has so many pleasures. He says that in, in, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, what? Pleasures for, for what? Evermore. They are pleasures. They are great things. They are many blessings. But it is only those that will please God that can assess the pleasures of God. Please clap your hands unto Jesus. I want us to be on our feet and let's pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would help us to please Him. You can lift up your voice and pray. You can, you can place your, 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 your hand on your, your, your chest. You can place your right hand on your chest and ask God to help you to please Him. 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 Ask God to cause you to have a spiritual mindset. Ask God to help you not to be greedy. And ask God to help you to live in purity, in, in holiness. He said, I am the Lord Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. It takes a man that will please God to assess the pleasures of God. It takes a man who pleases God to assess the pleasures of God. It takes a man who pleases God in all that he does to assess the pleasures of God. It takes a man who pleases God to assess the pleasures of God. Pray, pray. Pray for the next two minutes. 
Say, Lord, grant me grace. Grant me grace. Grant me grace to please you in my thoughts, in my deeds, in my words, in my actions. Lord, grant me grace to please you. Grant me grace to please you. He said, the whole duty of man is to fear God and to obey his commandments. The whole duty of man is to fear God and to please him. If God would delight himself in you, he will grant you all, all the desires of your heart. He said, if you delight yourself in me, I will grant you all, all the desires of your heart. We ask you for grace, Father. We ask you for grace. In the name of Jesus. You can clap your hands and give the Lord some praise.